My name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hey you, welcome to episode 145 of Legally Clueless. Thank you for rocking with this podcast. If this is your first time um, listening to any of our episodes, welcome, welcome, welcome. Remember our audio episodes go out every Monday and we're currently in season two of our video series. So those episodes go out every Friday. But I've jumped ahead first and foremost. <laughs> Join our insta fam that's at legally clueless podcast i've put a link to that in the show notes if you want to chit chat about the podcast on twitter please use the hashtag legally clueless so i can stalk you Ooh, we were also on facebook <laughs> which i i really have been leaving out i keep forgetting our facebook page but a link to it is in the show notes and then finally, check out our YouTube channel. When you're there, you'll see season one of our video series. You'll see our tour series as well. And we're currently in season two of our video series. So there's some awesome, awesome episodes and shows on our YouTube channel for you. Speaking of our video series, the most recent episode that went out on Fridays, one that I'm very excited about because it features one of the top African women in esports today and she's from Kenya. Her name is Queen Aru and she talks about loads of games that I have no idea about. <laughs> but it was so insightful to like learn more about esports, learn more about what athletes in that space do to get ready for like tournaments, etc, etc. And she's just a really fascinating person. So, head over to our YouTube channel to listen to Queen Aru's or rather watch Queen Aru's story. Okay, back to this episode. This is what's coming up. My dad got a transfer to Homa Bay now because he was working there. But we are from there, Kukudenja family. Yeah, so we, we lived there for some time with our very many grandmothers and mothers. For people who don't know who he is, he's a guy who managed to keep a lot of women very well. Well, very many. Can't even really tell you the exact figure. So from the many women, our mother was among them. It's really difficult to really pick out who your cousin is right now. But we have a few times in the year when maybe we go back home and the people who can manage to come to the get-togethers come around and you meet. So we were going for tea, the tea break thing, you know, and, and the high school tea is not really tea, it's just hot water. So you go fix your tea. Then somebody accidentally slipped their mug. Then the old hot water came to at my back. Being just for one who just came the other day, I decided to hide it and run to class. <laughs> That's Caleb and we'll get to his story a little later in this episode. It's actually a story we recorded in Nakuru during our tour in August and so I'm very excited for you to listen to it a little later. Let's now jump into the song of the week which is a song that I really love. I think it came out last year but I really dig this artist and I can't believe I've never shared any of his songs although I, I think of most of them as pieces. I've never shared them with you. Anyway, we are correcting that in this episode. <laughs> so his name is Londrell and the song that I want you to check out is called Gratitude. I will put a link to it in the show notes. It is beautiful. So Londrell is a writer, he's a poet and so his songs are like spoken word almost but some are like conventional traditional songs. He has some that are meditation pieces. Ah! Like, he's just so awesome. So, so awesome. In fact, okay, yeah, check out Gratitude. And then there's another, but you know what? That one deserves its own episode. <laughs> 
So for this episode, just just check out gratitude. I think it's it's wonderful. It leads me to my next point that I wanted to share, which is man, the only thing on my gratitude list this week is just being grateful for life. Whether in that moment life is weird, has patches of darkness or uncertainty, has a lot of stress. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just grateful for it and, and claiming my life and just, just being grateful for my life and for the life of my loved ones. I feel like some things have happened this week that have made me very aware of life and how fleeting it is. I'm honestly just grateful that I have it and those that I, I love are still here, still breathing I, and I can talk to them, I can see them, I can meet them, they're here. Which is strange because I think sometimes you go so far into your grief that you're so focused on that person who's not here. Sometimes you're not really conscious about the people who are here, the people who you truly love and, and, and are here. And in my case, honestly, I, I live a very like small life. <laughs> In the sense that, not kobaya, but in the sense of the people around me. And that's something else I want to talk about. But like when I say the people I love, they're not so many. And I like it that way because then I can truly and deeply love them and communicate my love to them without feeling stretched. And I always say this, there's no one that I love who has doubts on whether I love them. And that's something I'm very conscious about. And so yeah, I've just been, I've been thinking about that for a better part of the last couple of days. But going back to having a small circle, man, I was just talking to, again, another person who's so dear to me yesterday about how after I turned 30, a lot changes, right? I'm 32 now. I'm going to turn 33 in February. And yeah, I slid that in there. So if you want to throw a gift my way, holla. <laughs> I said this before, I love the clarity that my 30s have brought me. I feel more comfortable here than I did in my 20s. But another thing that's come up is that you really shared friendships. It's not like in your 20s where you shared friendships because you guys cause a nad, like you had an argument and it ends badly. No, here there's, I'm sure there are people in their 30s who have altercations, but for me, there's no altercations. You kind of just wake up and realize you're not aligned anymore. I remember my sister Anne-Marie, who's been on the podcast before, she told me sometimes you don't recognize when you're in the friendship that some friendships are for a season it's only when they come to a close that you're like oh yeah okay yeah it it was for that time you know and another thing that's happened in my 30s is like you reconnect with previous friends who i don't know you just lost touch with or I don't know, You there was a lot of distance in your friendship, but you reconnect and it's so magical because even though years have passed, like you're suddenly so aligned in values, in who you are, what you stand for, what you want to achieve. 30s are something, you know? And I keep telling myself, like, if 30s are like this, man, when I turn 40, like what awesomeness is awaiting me there, you know? Okay, moving away from that into this week being Christmas. <laughs> now... If you've listened to this podcast over time, you know this. Christmas is a big deal to me. It's been a big deal for me growing up. My late mom would go all the way and in turn, so do I and my sisters. So, so you know, when it comes to like putting up the, of the tree, decorations all over the house, 
all about the gate, all about the front door. Like literally, if you go to any of my sister's houses right now, which I've done, we do the most. <laughs> and on Christmas Day, we would all have lunch or whatever as a family. And even after my mom passed, my sisters and I continued that. It used to start off with lunch, but then now we're just like, anyway, come from breakfast, we'll meet at one person's house and just like eat the whole day. It grew from being just asked to obviously as people got hitched or got kids things changed right as as their families expanded with my beautiful nieces and nephew who are just literally my world our traditions i feel must expand as well you know take new shape include new people and I've been thinking about it. Maybe even it's time for Fal and I to develop our own traditions, which is strange because his culture <laughs> is very different and he's learning Christmas from me. But this year, things are expanding, you know, and it's at the beginning, it was scary, which is strange because it's like, it's Christmas. It's, it's not a big deal. But then again, it is <laughs> because of like how it's attached to things we used to do with my mom. But yeah, you get it. But I was also thinking about it. There are parts of me that wonder about this Christmas thing. I am not religious at all. So I don't do anything aligned to that during the holidays. So I won't go to church. I won't do because I don't I don't do that any time of the year. It's just not what I believe in. I'm also in a space where I'm really trying to have a more African more Luo, which is, you know, the tribe I'm from, identity. And I am damn sure our ancestors were not celebrating Christmas. <laughs> so there's that. I'm, I'm trying to like navigate that and just be like, is it time? Is it time to let go of this? But I'm giving myself time and grace to unlearn and relearn if need be. And who knows what I'm going to be putting up next year. I still think it's an important time of year to kind of like sit and celebrate the passing of an entire year to kind of like congratulate yourself, meet with loved ones, have that time to really connect and gift each other because you're <laughs> African or not, gifts will be given. <laughs> That's not a part I'll ever give up. You know, I really love presents. Like you could give me a spoon and I would lose my mind. I don't know. I'll probably keep that. Whatever tradition I come up with, gifts will still be at the core of it. So let's jump into 100 African stories. The storyteller's name is Caleb. He works at Colib, who were our partners in Nakuru for the tour we did in August. And I love his story. He shares about growing up as part of the Akuku Danger family. For those of you who do not know, who are not from Kenya, it's a family that was written a lot about in the press, etc. Because it's this guy who had so many wives and hence so many children and so many grandchildren. Quite a few. I don't want to say a number because I can't say for sure, but they were many enough for him to get onto the press. So Caleb, is part of that family. So he talks about that experience. He speaks about leaving Homa Bay, which is a county or a city in, in Kenya, to pursue his dream of becoming a radio presenter. A hundred African stories on Legally Clueless. Stories from Africa. My name is Caleb Koy. I'm, I'm 25 years old. I was born in Ndiwa. I was born in Ndiwa with my twin brother. His name is Washington Bahati together with my twin bro and uh, family that's my my dad and mom then i think my dad got a transfer to home Bay now because he was working there but we are from there kukudenja family mm. yeah so we, we lived there for some time with our very many grandmothers and mothers so, <laughs> so uh, for people who don't know who he is he's a guy who managed to keep a lot of women very well 
and from that we were born were very many I can't even really tell you the exact figure but there 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 are very many sababu some of them are still there right now so from the many women our mother was among them so we here now it's really difficult to really pick out who who, who your cousin is right now and who who your cousin is not but we have a few times in the year when maybe we go back home and the people who can manage to come to the get together come around and you meet but you're not going to remember them after that for some time so yeah so just a few of them just to feel the close ones maybe my mother's sisters the ones she was closer with yeah you still talk i th- i think i think i can't really say a- anything anything weird or negative about it because if our grand grand grandpa didn't have the many wives maybe i could not have been born so <laughs> first of all is to appreciate that first because he did that and we we here now it's it's anybody's decision to really decide right now it's really tough economically to really manage all those women so you know economically no <laughs> but if somebody can why not as long as they're going to take care of them and you know not throw away the family and all that so depends on the on the person my primary school uh, life was really amazing i i i had the chance to go to school uh, at home by primary me and my twin brother class 1 to class 8 so it was it was nice but then again i think i think i think when i was in primary school is when i met people who really shaped my mind friends who really helped me uh understand what language is and what you can do with language and how powerful language is i met a teacher his name is mr umulo i don't know if he's going to listen to this but he is really listening he really shaped uh, our mind you know start reading newspapers early start write articles early even if you're going to copy an article straight from the newspaper lie to yourself that it's yours yeah. you just you're still it but it, it's developing your love for the for the for the culture and later on you start creating your your own articles and stories so i think the most important thing i really came out with is just starting to love the language starting to ap- appreciate how powerful word is classet was nice i cleared classet in 208 but then again just to take you a little two years back i i stayed with my late uncle for some time for like two years between class 6 uh, 7 and 8 that life really shaped me for for the life in high school you know starting to stay alone starting to understand the way things happen uh, some of the decisions your parents maybe make that you don't really understand or you don't really agree with my uncle was a nice person i stayed with him when i was in primary school before clearing class 8 because he was he, he had only one child who also passed away so i was the only child now it was, it was only me uncle and aunt now and we were away away from the road and everything no no vehicle no no shop rural and truly so when we stay there you know just those moments at night you know is 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 telling you a few things then he was also sickling you share his drugs ushaikula dawa yani dawa dawa za mgonjwa unakula alafu ni down yeah so it was nice so i think i think that solitude life with him really set me up really well to really go through my high school and everything so i left him when i was going to join uh, high school uh, because i had now to go, go back home and go to boarding so meaning i had to leave my uncle and leave my aunt and that was really tough because there are people who really you know put me through the ropes really, really well kimaisha and and all that so went to high school home by school our principal insist you oh, see home by school <laughs> not high school memories of high school first memory i think is not a good one when i went to high school the first sunday i went i went a little bit late one month after everybody had had, uh, had gone to school the first sunday I, i think it was on a sunday at around 11 
So we were going for tea, the tea break thing, you know, and, and the high school tea is not really tea, it's just hot water. So you go fix your tea with, with your own sugar if you have it and all that. So so we go for the hot water at the dining hall and you just, then somebody accidentally uh, slipped their mug. Then the whole hot water came to up at, at my back, you know. And being, being just for one who just came the other day, I decided to hide it. And run to class. <laughs> and so I, I really didn't know that anybody saw me. So I just went and just chilling in class. Then Kumbe, somebody saw me. I think it was a health captain or something. He followed me to class. Yo, how are you? Uh, you've been burnt. I'm like, no, I'm good. Then he insisted. Then everybody was now trying to, you know, come around and see what's going on because that's the prefect with the blue shirt. So I was like, oh, I'm, I'm fine. Then we went to the hospital. We rushed just, a, a, I think, one kilometer or two kilometers home Bay hospital. Then we get drugs. What makes this thing even worse is not even the ban or anything. When we get back to school now, the person at the gate was a family friend. So he tells me, Baraka, how are you? Are you sick? I'm like, okay, I'm not, I'm not sick, but I've been burnt. Can I call your dad? I'm like, okay, call him. Then just immediately, my dad arrived at school. I'm like, okay. Was he at the gate? What, what really happened? Because he came in so fast. But when he, when he got there, he was not really concerned about me. He's like, oh, wow. Chukwa some brufen. You'll give me some brufen. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll come back and pick you. So after a week, my dad said he's coming to pick me, to take me home, to, re- to recover from home. So I go back to the person at the gate. I'm like, yeah. Then he tells me, it was on a Sunday, he tells me, you remember your uncle you used to live with? He died. He's being buried today. Kumbe, that day we, we, we went to the hospital, they also came in. So I missed that. Like, then nobody told me that. And people knew um, his son because we stayed together and all that. So I missed all that funeral. I didn't know where he was buried and all that. So I think after a, a week, a week from that, we, we, we were now going for half time. So we go back home. I find people, they just finished the, the, the burial. Everybody's back home. Like, ah, he was his son. He was also, you know, he died. He was also at the hospital. Maybe he knew. Like, but you people never came for me. So that thing pretty much hurt me. Yeah. I think parallel. But you, you know, some some decisions you don't understand why why they're made when you are a kid. But maybe you won't under, understand them forever. Or when you become an adult, a father too, you start to understand them. Uh-huh. So that was the only, I think, the worst memory about high school. The best is I met brothers who I was never born with, mm-hmm. from the same mom, and. The, Still my brothers up to, you know, today and, and into the future. The best also, if you come from Homo Bay, it's, it's a very, the, the, the school we were at is, is a very good school and you meet different people. Just having, because before that I had not really met as much people from different places, different cultures, different ideas, some bad, some good. So just being thrown from staying with my uncle and my aunt to now staying with everybody with different behaviors and all that. So I have to really pick. I want to go with this one. I want to really borrow some ideas from this this kind of guy just get it and really try and make right decisions in between all these people i think that that was the best experience ever for the four years we stayed at home Bay school the discipline was dope because when i was joining home Bay school it was like a day school but it was a boarding school at the same time so people used to strike when they like go home when, when they like decide to eat Whatever they want to eat, you know, chess teaches out of out of preps, uh, preps time and all that. But I think uh, around that time we had a new principal, Mr. Andrew Bob. He was strict disciplinarian, you know. He said, I'm not going to cane you, I'm going to beat you. And he started that very, 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 very tough. So from, from, from one to from four, we had kind of a different breed of students coming in. Because I think what, what he did was stopping the admission of students from from the area. 
the, the local people, you know, if you suspend them, they're going to meet you in town. If you do this, they're going to meet you in town. So he said, I'm not going to admit very many people from Hobe. Instead, I'm going to pick people from Mombasa, Kisumu, different places. So I think that changed because the, the mentality was now fresh. A lot of people are not from here now. So the parents didn't understand what he's doing. But very many years after leaving Hobe school, I understood what he was trying to do. So the discipline was really tight. At, at the beginning, but we really understood and we really appreciate what he did. In high school, I really just wanted to write. I, I, I really wanted to write because when I was in primary school, I started reading a, a lot of articles. My dad used to buy me newspapers every day. You just you just, just forget about food. As long as you have the Daily Nation or the Standard, you just get it. So in high school, I just wanted to write. I just wanted to put out out, out a book or something. I, I, I wrote a lot of articles, Kobasha Flani, shared, with, uh, shared them with my brothers who I met at school. So when I was leaving high school, I just wanted to write. Oh, and maybe get into media, which I, I, I didn't know whether it's blind media, broadcast media, or print, but I just know one day I'll just be a writer, just like, you know, Adriano Nyando is a very nice writer. When I finished high school, I was called to Egerton University to pursue a, a degree in English and literature. Then I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, because you come from, from a family who are able, but they ain't just in, in a position to take you to a private university to, to, to do whatever you want to do. So you have to take this one for them. So you have to like, it's a new life. It's Everything is new. You have to wake up for a course you don't like. Just wake up for four years like that. It's the most depressing thing. <laughs> because it's not upon you. There are a couple of people looking... Uh, looking at your, your 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 family and you because also you know where you're coming from so the only option you have is to like whatever you have at the moment so but even if you're trying to like this and you're actually eventually liking it at the end of the day you have to try and you know remember the day one dream i always wanted to be a writer i always wanted to do this 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 this, this and that so you kind of start finding your way remembering the days you fell in love with whatever you wanted to do at the beginning. So when you pursue this one, then you're also try, trying to figure your, you know, the other side of you at the same time just to find some balance. About the course, just waking up to stuff I know I'm not going to use in the, in, the, in the next five years or in the next four years. Of course, I made really nice friends, lecturers and course mates and all that. They're my brothers. Uh, in the morning, you, you wake up uh, for, to an English class. Uh, that was not much of a problem, but when you wake up for... Uh, an ed for class, education, management, teaching practice, you're like, okay, we just have to go for this one, but <laughs> it's life. That, this is the first time I'm, I'm leaving home after 12 years. Now, that's a different weather, different everything. And then there's, you know, the stereotypes. It's like when you go there, those, those people are like this. Like, so you're, you're scared of everyone. Yeah. And you, you're almost likely to judge everyone you meet. Like you're just marking everybody. Yeah. They can do this. Oh, they can. Then after after like months, you just realize these people are nice, yeah. and you have to uh, make this place your home again. When I came to Nakuru, the first time I came to Nakuru, the first time I got to Nakuru it was at night, so I really didn't know where I, 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 I'm, I'm going to. The person who was communicating with me on the phone just told me, you know, when you see a lot of lights, just know you're in Nakuru. <laughs> so we get to town, take another vehicle straight to Njoro. It was very cold, very, 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 very cold. So I think I, got, I, you just have to get used to it after a few days. But the only that experience was just the cold, and then the people are speaking maybe too fast, uh, and many of them are speaking in a language maybe you don't understand at that time. So you're trying to really understand them real, real, real quick, and also you're trying to remember everything you've, you've been told about these people. 
when you coming from the village, you know, coming from your location, the stereotypes and stuff. So it's upon you now to make it, it really to make uh, your mind to study these people and and really find out whatever they told me at home is it really true? So you find out it's false. I when when I was coming from home, like <laughs> those people, they they said because this we are filming this in Nakuru, uh, Rift Valley, and like I said from the beginning, I'm I'm from the lakeside. So my grandma, who is one hundred and something years old, she believes totally different stuff about these people. They say they are. I don't know if it's good to say this. They say they they are too difficult to trust. They say they are most likely to go away with your stuff. You know. They say when when you go to Nakuru now, I know you're going to be staying alone. Maybe you'll meet a girl. She's gonna do this, 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 and and and, and that to you. Don't don't bring back a girl from that place. You know. <laughs> Just go around, but not there. And then when you come to Rift Valley, the first thing you do is to fall in love with the girl from here. <laughs> and you're like. <laughs> like I'm sorry, grandma. <laughs> then I th I think it's now it just just try to uh, change that narrative. Just try to show them that that these people are nice because they are. Uh, it's it's you because they have sent you now away from home. So if there's anything that that they believed in that that's not true, it's you now living with these people. It's you now to try and show them, yo, there's there's really nice life. They side too. Life is not just about you at, at the lakeside. In 2007, 2008, when, when I was staying with my uncle, he gave me a small transistor radio. And the only station we could listen to was TBC, Tanzania Broadcasting Corporation. I remember I used to listen to Salim Kikeki at night, Dira Edunia. That was the only station you could listen to at night. Away from that, there was Ramogi, uh, Skiza Mchana with, with my uncle and everyone. But I loved TBC. So we used to chill uh, in the evening. I, I had a bed that, is, that was also a seat. At night, it's a bed. So we take it out and chill, listen to TBC. It tells me a couple of things. So I, I figured out I really love this thing. I really love radio. But I was not really specific. My Mine was just, I want, I want to write. But sometimes, you know, you, 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 you really don't know you're missing something until... It's here. Like, okay, I needed this too. When I go to college now, I met a friend. Her name is Emily Limbai. She's an amazing girl. So uh, she had the same interest as well. And she was on a different course. So like, Emily, you want to do this? Okay, nice. So how do we do? So we were on long holiday. Then Emily recorded a demo. Uh, a demo. I, I think she was listening to one of the radio stations. I can't say the name. Then she recorded the demo. Then she sent it to me. The demo. Uh, she did the demo at around eleven. The mid morning shows. That you know when I listen. I was also at home with my brothers and everyone. So she sent it. I listened. I'm like, yo, you're so dope. This is nice. So I had to record mine because we, we were working on creating something together. So I had to leave my brothers in the sitting room, go to the bathroom, and record my first ever demo yeah. <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> so, so I did. I sent uh, back the demo on WhatsApp. She looked at it. It was nice. Then when we came back from the ho uh, from holidays, we started looking for the people who are dealing with the campus radio station. It gets on Radio 101.7. Luckily enough, we, we met Kyoko. The name is 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 Kyoko. We we had a, we had a, a few meetings. Then he gave us our first radio gig. The most complicated part of this story is just we didn't know anything how anything works. So it was like okay because you people are learning a Tigeton, then this is Tigeton radio. Why not? Could anyone say Saturday? I'm like so Emily. <laughs> Emily was the one who was supposed to host the show that I co-hosted. So we didn't know which fader is the microphone fader, the music. So we were just there on Saturday. There's, it's a weekend. It's a campus radio station. Everybody went home. So like, okay, Emily, now it's 1 to 4 p.m. And it's 12.50. 
<laughs> we have, you've already told your friends day one it's, it's only your friends who are gonna listen to you before you build an audience so I, I remember the first time we went to Nair we didn't really put up the microphones so when we did the first link Emily was like Yo, nee, 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 nee. and then she had a lot of banglies components they were shaking <laughs> we didn't know and somebody texted like yo Caleb I'm just in my mic what the rat <laughs> so <laughs> you know so that was the first experience one uh, at uh, the show was called Vegas Tempo a youth show music culture and all that but I think after the first day now the following weekend started getting used to it then from that the, the career grow moved to another station moved from the station uh, me me and Emily Mbai stayed at Ticket on Radio for like for one year and something then after that you know it's it's not commercial it's like a learning you of the you, you, of the college so there's some things that you you cannot do on a, on a community-based radio station that you can do commercially so we said I think it's time because we are we have trained enough and we're really passionate about this thing it's time we tried going commercial a little bit then I remember at that time I used to chill and listen to a couple of radio stations in Nakuru and I was just here radio is doing good so for me to really step up I have to join these people me and Emily we we, 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 we have to join these people we tried a couple of times they turned us down terribly but all good then <laughs> they don't tell you why but they just give you hopes like send us the demo send us the mail oh tomorrow come back we need this we need this and then you feel like tomorrow it's happening you know <laughs> when you go back to the station tomorrow it's another hurdle that you have to sort but it, it finally happened one day they were they were hiring they said they are, they are renovating the studio it was like okay now they're hiring so i told emily emily all of us must apply for this job so that ukikosa if you miss that 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 chance, I get it. Yeah. If I get it, you 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 know. Either way, one of us must be on this job, and if one of us gets it, it's ours. Mm. So luckily enough, Emily got the job. She joined. Then I was still out. After some time, what really happened is that she also felt like this is not the right place for me to be. I have to look for somewhere else. We went for auditions at Milele, uh, Nairobi. Then we found some nice a thousand people waiting for the same job. <laughs> Yeah, from everywhere with the papers, like, yo, even some people were already on mainstream radio were, look, were, were here for audition. Emily, I don't care right now, but Nimangalia, all these ladies who are here for this audition, nobody, nobody's like you. If they're looking for a female radio personality, it has to be you. Luckily enough, we, we, we auditioned and from the thousand people, only 10 of us really got to record our voices. So we did, then after a week, Emily got the job. Then she did the breakfast show with Media Max for seven months. Some other nice bigger people came and took her job too. So <laughs> yeah, so that happened. That time I'm still off air because I moved from the campus station. I'm, I'm trying to step up a little bit. And Emily tells me, how about Hero? Can you really go back? Can you go to Hero? She knows the way the place is. She, she feels like it's not the right place for me right now because of, of the stories we are, we, are, we, are, we are sharing, the dreams, the aspiration and whatever. She needs me to be with her in Nairobi because that is what she feels about me. But I tell her, it's fine. Then the following week again, she sets me up with a, another person from the station. We talk, we meet, the, the, the vibe is okay, we agree, then they throw me on the drive. So I joined Hero again, 2018, January. I, I did the drive show for six months. Then I felt like, it's okay, it's good. We've, we, we've created the best drive show with, with Kate Vobik and a friend of mine called Super Hooker. And that, that was amazing. Then I tell them, I think I'm under the shadow of Kate so much under the shadow of hookah so much because kate is big i don't know if you've heard her stories so i need to create something on my own from scratch 
And because I was good, they tell me, okay, what what do you have in mind? So they listen to me. I create my own show now uh, from 12 to 3. They change it again. They add me more hours. Then now th- this is mine. I do it for some time. From 2018, I finish the whole year. I, I get my first ever nomination. I'm like, okay, come I did something really dope, like nice. 2019, we... we We go in. It was crazy. I got five nominations. I won one of them. I won the uh, Onimi Awards, Nakuru Radio Presenter of the Year 2019. And because the 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 award didn't happen last year, so I'm still I'm still the range. <laughs> yeah. So that really happened. But after after some time again, I'm not on air right now. I stepped out. I, I think sometimes you feel the only way you can really move ahead is to step away from all these things you you love and ask yourself if you really love them and figure out things learn you know get to inspire yourself differently right now i'm still talking for food i'm still talking for food i work with coilib uh center as their call center agent so anytime anybody calls here they will always find me picking their calls and speaking with them uh of course i have to i really want to go back for my uncle will give me that small radio and for me i think I think I will always remember to defend the promise, the promise I made to myself, I made to Emily because we began the journey together and my uncle. I really want to get back. I know what what I can do right now. I know how I can do it. I'm learning the ropes from different people who are, you know, who are more successful. So I just don't want to go back for the sake of going back. Even though right now I'm I'm a co- correspondent to another radio station in Nakuru, but it's it's not on a full-time basis like you you're there every day you just you just do your two hours one hour and then you're done it's not a full-time contract or anything so for me to really go back full-time first of all the the check has to be big <laughs> definitely because it has to be big because you you know what you're bringing on the table yeah so when you know what you're cooking then you can easily eat it alone if nobody else wants to eat it <laughs> you can easily eat it all of it alone without complaining So if somebody wants to buy buy it they have to really buy it well. So that's the only thing right now. If if you have to go back again right now as 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 soon as possible a good offer has to come. But you also have to work for that good offer, you know, put up a good fight, good uh, catalog for the offer so it's fine. Catch more African stories in the next episode of Legally Clueless. I hope you enjoyed that story by Caleb. I really did. I absolutely love his energy and I can so relate with the bit when he was talking about his first radio show the number of times i forgot to turn off my mic and once even cursed on air like when my mic was on i say the f word no i say the s word <laughs> oh why am i why am i censoring myself here i said shit right the reason i said it was cuz i just realized the mics were still on but then i said it before turning off the microphones i was like and my producer is like yelling <laughs> Like what the hell is going on in that studio? And this is my first ever like commercial radio job. Ah. So when he talked about that, I completely was like, man, I feel you. I think he's definitely got the personality, drive and voice. So When it comes to radio, I hope the universe grants him his desires. If you want to see Caleb, he is in our tour series episode so look for legally clueless tours nakuru on our youtube channel and you'll be able to spot kalub in that episode do remember that if you want to share your story on this podcast all you have to do is click the link in the show notes fill out the form and i will get back to you of course i'm not recording any stories until january but you can still fill in the form 
And from January, we'll pick it up from there. Oh, so remember this podcast. <laughs> Be serious. This podcast plays on Trace Radio in Kenya. So you can catch it there every Monday and Wednesday at 12 noon and 11 p.m. And every Friday at 12 noon. Just go to traceradio.co.ke for a list of frequencies, especially if you're traveling around during this festive season and wherever you are, maybe there's no network or something. You can tune in the old school way and you'll still find the podcast there. Well, that's for you who's in Kenya. All right, I have to end this episode here, but I'm going to be seeing you, seeing you. I'm going to be... (laughs) Hanging in my head, by the way, we are BFFs. I'm going to be hanging out with you next week after Christmas. So let me just wish you a very wonderful Christmas, drenched in love, drenched in peace, drenched in calories, drenched in you just spoiling yourself. I just want you to do that not only for Christmas, but like even into the new year. You've earned it. We made it through a crazy year. So I'm sending you all of those good wishes and we'll catch up next week. That's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.